For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Oh, hey, everyone. What's up? Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. It's called Lead Singer Syndrome. I am Shane Tolt. I will be hosting this thing today and every day as I take you into the backstage conversations that I have with other lead singers. We got a good one today. A really good one. I love this guy. John O'Callaghan of The Main is this week's guest. He's been on before, but I welcomed him back with open arms because he is just so insightful, so knowledgeable. The Main have solidified themselves in the scene as one of the most business savvy bands, but also they just keep getting better and better musically. But what I really wanted to ask John about was his brand new solo record, which is out now. He calls that project John the Ghost. And this record, to be honest, it kind of took me by surprise. It is like haunting. It is really, really good. I highly recommend you check it out. Of course, I'll play a tune later for all y'all. The record is called I Only Want to Live Once. And yeah, it's out now. And The Main is always doing stuff. I know we're going to have some new The Main stuff very soon as well. Before we get into that, a couple of things. So yeah, if you've been listening to the podcast you know that I'm harping on this Twitch thing like constantly, like probably an annoying amount. But let me tell you, we have had some really, really, really great guests every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live 
on Twitch. It is completely free, okay? It's a really good time. You get a little bit of a visual component. It's a it's chill. It's a good hang. We had Nothing Nowhere himself a couple weeks ago. We had Randy from We Were Sharks last week. We've had everyone from Sonny from POD to Derek from Mayday Parade. But this week coming up, this Tuesday, April 6th, I believe, we have Jacoby Shaddix of Papa Roach. Doesn't get much bigger in rock and roll than that guy. He's going to be on live on Twitch Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All you got to do is go to twitch.tv slash Shane Told. And this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Twitch is behind it. They're putting it on the front page. I would love to see a community of my sinners there hanging out in the chat, interacting with me, interacting with Jacoby, asking questions. I think it's a really great way to sort of, you know, officially launch this thing. Like, let's say that it's been the soft launch and now this is the hard launch, (laughs) if you will. So if you can make it, I know it's the middle of the afternoon. I know it's in the middle of the week, but if you have any way you can come on your phone or whatever, sneak it from the boss, 3 p.m. this Tuesday, twitch.tv slash Shane Told would be really, really cool to see all y'all there. Don't miss it, okay? Give me a follow. It really is a great way to interact. And I do other stuff on there too. I play tunes. Me and Mike do new noise every Wednesday on there as well. So there's tons and tons of content. And if you want to hang out with me, the best way to do it is over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shane Told. And while I have your very captivated ear, I also want to refresh your memory on the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. That really helps this show keep going, keep growing. For as little as $6 a month, that gets you in. That gets you a whole bunch of bonus content, bonus episodes. And it's the only way you can watch the previously aired Twitch streams. So head over there if you want to support. No pressure. It's all good. LeadSingerSyndrome.com slash all access. And shout out to all my sinners worldwide. I love you all. Thank you so much for the support. So I thought about trying to play some elaborate April Fool's prank on you guys. And then I realized... April Fool's totally sucks. (laughs) It's so overdone. And all everyone has to do is look at a calendar and go, oh, yeah, okay. And I will tell you this, though. I woke up. Actually, last night, I looked out my window and I was like, okay, somebody's on my roof with a confetti machine or a snow machine making fake snow and blowing it in front of my window to freak me out, right? April Fool's, haha. Nope, that's real. We have snow here on April 1st in Windsor, Ontario. I'm south of Detroit, okay? Detroit probably has it even worse. So man, uh, no, no. I thought the groundhog didn't see his shadow. Anyway, we'll get through it. Happy spring, everybody. Let's get in to this week's episode and my conversation 
with John O'Callaghan of the Maine and John the Ghost. And I said these days I've been stuck in my brain Wanna play you over and over again Sticky just like the song in my head Back to that summer soundtrack Wanna play you over and over again Sticky just like the song in my head And over, and over, and over in my head And over, and over Sticky just like the song in my head And I've made mistakes Hello. Yo, John, man. What's up? How are you? I'm good. I'm really good, man. This is uh, this is crazy. I was looking back at the last time we we talked and we did a podcast, and it was, if you can believe it, it was almost three years ago. That is gnarly. Isn't that That gnarly? is gnarly. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. I have a great story about that guy, which I, I'll tell it in a bit. First, we got lots more to more to talk, talk about. <laughs> Welcome to Twitch, everybody in the chat. Hello. Um, John plays in a band called The Main, uh, and he also has an awesome new, oh, kind of new, new, well, new record, uh, out for his side project, John the Ghost, just came out, what, a week ago? Yeah, the 12th, I yeah. don't even know yeah, what day days. it is anymore. Yeah, 23rd? Uh, it's, yeah. It's the 23rd. <laughs> time is... Time is not a construct anymore. What is time? No, honestly. It's nothing. It uh, doesn't make sense. I keep thinking about last summer, but last summer was 2019 because last summer didn't really happen. You know what I mean? I keep keep remembering last year as two years ago now. It's been real. It's been real strange. But uh, no, remind me to tell you the stain story later. But dude, congrats on on the record. I mean, I know... You know, you're so busy with the main. You guys have been go, go, go for, I mean, literally 15, almost 15 years now, nonstop. And you finally found some time to to put this out into the world. And it's a really cool record. A lot of experimentation, which I'm a huge fan of, but at its core, some really great songs too. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's been, like you said, it's, it's, it's sort of, well, it's been very hard to find time for anything else other than the main because of the way we've sort of been grinding for 15 years. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, you guys have grinded. Silverstein's grinded the same way. It's like yep. you just you put out records and then you tour on them. And then when you get inspired and when that quote unquote cycle is done, then you, you know, hit the studio, make another record, tour for another two years. Um, so clearly we've we had time last year um right we've we finished our european tour in like the end of february so we we got lucky because we got to fly back home before things started shutting down and then you know everything went on standby and i had nothing but time to create so it was uh yeah it was it for as terrible of a year as it was you know it was um i guess creatively it was um it afforded the opportunity to 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 experiment like you said yeah no absolutely and and i i love the record nine songs uh i heard you had 963 voice notes i don't know if that's an exaggeration um that you I can check my iTunes. I think that's where <laughs> I pulled it out of my arse from. But 
Well, I, yeah, I, 963, 15 hours, 26 minutes. Right, right. And this is just accumulated through for, like... From, for 15 years. Right, yeah. <laughs> Actually yeah. that long? Probably, to be honest. I The big thing when I was like ever getting new uh, like iPhones. So I guess maybe the inception of the voice memo on the iPhone is is the time span that I've accumulated those <laughs> those voice memos. Yep. No, it's I well, I have I'm looking just through mine now. And for some yeah. reason whenever I make one it, it saves it as an address, like like where I am, which is really weird. Okay. I don't know why I'm it's creepy. set to that. I have I don't know how many I have. I've got I got a lot though. And then all I do is I got this little trick from um um from from my boy uh and he says to just when something's good just put in dope. <laughs> so like because you know you're, you're... i'm trying to think i think i've done some stuff like that or like i'll say like this one's good it's like <laughs> yeah i know but when you I, yeah when... I, I had one that was like what does it mean and then i put a little asterisk by it so i i don't know i need to come i need to get on the same page with myself no i sure. know but but that's the thing right is like you 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 never know when creativity is gonna hit and it can be at the weirdest time, you know, I think you mentioned in the interview I read that like, you know, sometimes you're like literally pissing in the background while you're whistling a, a, a tune, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it's like you can't control it. But then at the, at the same time, you know, you've got this massive amount of stuff, a little bit of time on your hands, let's say in 2020. And it's like, OK, well, how do you go through this? How do you figure it out? Just laughing at yourself and going like, how did I think this was a good idea? You know, absolutely. Uh, most of the time, probably. I can play like if I just scrolled through this right now and I played a couple for you, it would be some would be as like caveman as like, and then I'll play them like around sometimes my wife and she'll be like, what are you doing? Like, that sounds insane. Um, but yeah, it's funny because it, I, I don't know what's the. Uh, what's the strangest place that you've that you remember having like a good idea in? Ooh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about the strangest one. I th actually, actually I have a pretty good one. This is kind of weird. Actually. I had an idea when I was in Rome visiting the Sistine chapel. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I got this like, and it, but it wasn't like something you think like, Oh, you're here. It's like, Oh, this beautiful art. Like, you're inspired. It was like, no, no, no. Like I had, I had like a sick kind of like riff chug pattern in my head that I didn't want to forget. <laughs> like some kind of like little triplet. D d d d like I just, this, and I was like, okay. I, I got to get this down. This has been in my head often. I know I'm going to forget it. So that's probably the weirdest one. Uh, <laughs> but Those are better too. Those are better. The, the, the melodic, the musical ones when you like, don't have a guitar, you don't have a piano, but you have a progression or a riff and you're like, and it's like listening back and then trying to find it when you go hit the guitar you're like that's not a c that's not even a note right. there's nothing there it's true i think i heard chad from newfound glory wrote the riff for my friends over you like mm -hmm. that like it was in his head like or whatever that however that goes yeah. like he didn't write that on a guitar he wrote that in his kind of in his head and hummed it and then figured it out later, which is good for him. You never really hear that story, but it does happen. Absolutely. I, I, I always think about the, 
you know, like, like Paul McCartney says that he like dreamed yesterday yeah, or whatever it was. And it was like some other words. Scrambled and eggs. I think, yeah, scrambled eggs. Yeah. And then when you, you, you think about, you know, obviously everything, everything's relative. So when I think about like coming up with some of the main songs, I'm like, can I just have one dream like that song? You know, can I just have one scrambled eggs dream? <laughs> Please, like. <laughs> There's only one Paul McCartney, unfortunately. Too. Absolutely, but no, it is it, that is a funny story. And I heard that he he shelved yesterday for like years because he thought it was something else. He thought, and he would he would play it for everybody he knew and be like, "Does this sound familiar?" Like, and people would be like, "Yeah, like." Yeah, it kind of does, but nobody could actually say, "Oh yeah, it's it's a rip off of this other song." And then eventually he just like put it out and was like, "I hope this isn't something else." Yeah. You know, which <laughs> which has happened to me too. I've definitely been like, "Is this familiar cuz it's good or familiar cuz it's something else?" Absolutely. That's tough. That's tough. But and I think the tougher part is nowadays you'll actually get flagged for it, you know. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know either, man. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird, scary world out there. Um, so, so your record, your record is out now. I only want to live once. And I listened to, I listened to this record. I thought this was kind of interesting too, about when we talk about songs and inspiration. So I listened through your record and, and I think the song that stood out for me right away was the song drive. And I yeah, heard yeah. it kind of, it's in the middle of the record and I listened to it and I, right when it was over, I was like, I want to hear that one again. And I think I actually did listen to it at least twice, maybe three times in a row, and then got through the rest of the record. And then, of course, I find out, oh, that's the song you made a video for. And, you know, and there was some magic in that song. So that was one I wanted to ask you about in particular. Um, It it makes, it feels like a bit of a pandemic song, but I, I mean, it also has a lot of parallels to just, hey, you know, go for a drive. Like, that's so relatable. Yeah, I think something, and I've said it before, but the the inspiration for that song came from being on a drive, uh, and and I wish I had something more cryptic or you know inspirational to cite. But it was literally just a drive with my wife and our two dogs, and I think um, it's been really important to place emphasis on things that you've taken for granted or at least for me um especially with the past year that had had flown by you know there's so many things even just being on on being able to tour in a band being able to be a musician full-time um seeing parts of the world that you know the majority of the world doesn't have the opportunity to see um yeah but even something as elementary as getting in the car and driving and even seeing parts uh, that you're familiar with of your own city. Um, it was actually one of the first songs that I had written after I put out rolled down window, which was the first song I released. Um, and I had initially written it. I got really excited straight off the rip when I wrote it in my head and I did the same thing. I grabbed my phone and on the drive, I'm like doing it, in front of my wife and she's thinking I'm crazy, but it was, uh, it was one of those ones. I didn't wait long to transfer it to a demo form or some semblance of like, I had to get progression. I had to put the melody down. Um, 
and I didn't veer far from the actual original structure and demo um, to the final form. It was supposed to be for the main and it just, uh, with the songs that I ended up landing on for the mains record, it just didn't feel like it had a place on the record. So, um, I took a bit more of a chance with the production. I leaned a little bit heavier into the eighties side of things. Um, yeah. And there was a, there's a song called song for Zulu by phosphorescent that has like a similar vibe that I was kind of trying to emulate a little bit. Um, it's like his song stays pretty droning the whole time. Um, but I, I can't get away from trying to write pop choruses. That's like just what I like doing. So inevitably I feel like they all sort of try, try to sneak their way in. So, yeah, but that's what I love about the record too, though, is cause I, I'm with you, man. Like I love vibe and I love experimentation but at the same time, do I want to hear that for an entire, you know, 45 minute record? Like there are times when I just want to let go and I want to be sung to, you know, and I want something that's like going to stick in my head, I think almost all the time. So that's what I love that, you know, obviously the main always gives it to you. And, uh, and here we are again with your, with your uh, solo stuff following suit. So it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, awesome. thank you. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Um, there's also a, a song on the record called eight. It's track nine, but it's called eight. And yeah. this is this one stuck out to me too. I mean, it's a, the big closer of the record. Um, talk to me about this track too, if, if you if you can, because I, I it really I found it really 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 amazing as well. Yeah, I, it started out as just the piano round, um, and it's kind of an interesting. I don't know if I, I, to be honest. I'm terrible with uh, time signatures when it comes to uh-huh. music theory. And I, I think it's in six, eight, I'm not a hundred percent. So recording the vocals to the, the round was, it was, wasn't difficult. It makes sense in my head, but the, the dude I was recording with Matt, um, he kept getting thrown off by it. And I think we both just finally, when we heard like, a bit of percussion to it. It started to make more sense. Um, I guess lyrically the songs about my youngest brother who has dealt with, uh, epilepsy his entire life. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of a gnarly period for him and gnarly to be sort of, sort of his eldest brother. Um, but it, it, it's more of a story of like, from my perspective, more of a story of like triumph because yeah. he kind of went through this whole thing and, and came out the other side. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's one of my favorites on the album for sure. It's probably the most like, uh, the EP that I put out, I guess. And in, in, in terms of vibe, it's very drawn out and, um, it definitely has more of that, uh, mellow, vibe so hopefully people um that that were really into the the ep found, found some familiarity and, and some solace in that tune for sure yeah well it's, it's tough too i mean your ep uh came out what in 2016 am i making that number yeah up? yeah so yeah, we're yeah. talking about f- over five years basically uh you know and and it's always interesting you know when when bands put out 
uh, bands, artists, whoever puts out a record not for a long time, you've got to kind of imagine a couple records in there. <laughs> like their yeah, like their yeah. sound would have exactly. shifted, you know. It's like it's yeah. always like um like one of my favorite bands of all time is is Refused, you know. And they put Absolutely, out, yeah. they put out that classic record, The Shape of Punk, to come in like '98. Then they didn't put out another album until like 2016. Yeah. So it's been like 18 yeah. years, and everyone's like, "Well, what happened? They're so different now." It's like, well. You know, yeah, yeah, about twenty years happened. Right, exactly, and like maybe we did miss out on some really great refused records that you have to kind of imagine were in there that led to this sound today, right? Absolutely. And obviously, this is a bit of a smaller scale, only five years, but you do grow a lot. And you know, of those nine hundred and sixty-three uh, voice notes, something <laughs> maybe could have been songs or weren't or whatever. You know, things things over time change. So I think most people are okay with that i think people are getting more okay with that too which is cool sure i really um i think someone that that uh i guess emulates that idea really well is um is probably beck because i feel Mm -hmm. like beck has put out like from sea change and i don't even know i'm i I can pull up my spotify to see what came after sea change but to think about what came before sea change and then everything in between um, is pretty, pretty wild. And I've never seen him live, but I would love to see him live because I've heard that he'll sort of section some of the show. Like he'll he'll open with a bunch of slow, um, sea change esque songs, and then he'll close with some of the more groovy party stuff. Um, but it's a uh, he's definitely a good artist to to sort of try to chase. Um, and just the idea that like, I can enjoy, uh, sea change and then I can enjoy, uh, everything else is pretty, pretty rad to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, Beck's a guy, Beck's a weird one for me. Cause I remember, you know, when loser came out mm-hmm. and you know, that was like the breakthrough song and I was like, this song sucks. Like, this guy sucks. <laughs> like, this song is stupid. <laughs> Look what he's singing Spanish. I'm a loser, baby. Why don't you kill me? And I, honestly, like, from there, I had to relearn this guy. Like, I had to, every okay. single time, I was like, okay. And eventually, I'm like, okay, the guy is a genius. But yeah, it's it's funny how, how and this is a diff- separate conversation, but one I've maybe been meaning to have on this podcast is how many artists seemingly started out their careers with sort of like a joke song or a gimmicky song and then ended up turning it into sure. a really serious career. I mean, that one comes to mind. I'd say I Kissed a Girl, Katy Perry. That was super gimmicky song True. as well. Um, even The Killers, mm-hmm. um, Somebody Told Me. That, like that was sort of had a little oh, bit of a gimmicky-ness yeah, yeah. too. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's if, interesting. I, I mean, I definitely don't think that like creep by Radiohead would be gimmicky cause it's def- it's an amazing song, but to see the, the evolution from there to where they've now, you know, I, I think what was the moon shaped pools like that? I loved it. Transition yeah. is incredible. That's like, yeah. I, I, I think especially with the main, we've tried to, um, we've tried to mimic those kind of career bands that started from something and kept people guessing as long as that people would listen, you know, so bands like Wilco bands like Radiohead, even bands like artists like Neil Young, 
and Neil Young talks a lot about the roller coaster of, of being, uh, you know, playing small clubs to playing arenas to back down to amphitheaters to back to small clubs. You know, it's like, I think doing what you love and what you believe is, is real and true to you, I think is the most important thing. No, 100%. And that's, that's a great little um, segue into, you know, the main and everything, you know, your solo record has come out on uh, 8123. Uh, and so has, the last what four or five ma- the main records and, yeah yeah um this is your own label this is your own management company you guys kind of have this all-encompassing thing where you're a completely independent artist which i think a lot of people th- that aren't super immersed in your band don't like they don't know this which is maybe a bit of a compliment <laughs> that you're able to do this and and like exist in your own world and not have really anything fall by the wayside which is the reason why most bands aren't independent because they're afraid of that happening if they don't have the this company behind them or this name behind them then maybe they won't be taken as seriously or they won't be as organized or, or whatever it is i think it's pretty evident that like we are certainly getting away from and we, I use the Royal, we, I think the music industry is getting away from the idea that you have to have RCA on the record or Geffen on the record or any of these huge labels to be successful. There's so many stories of, uh, people making records in their bedrooms, putting them on SoundCloud and becoming, you know, self-made over, you know, a couple months time. And I feel like it's, uh, yeah, I I feel like it's really incredible. I've been kind of doing this like radio esque show on Spotify. I've had like five episodes called ear candy, but I've been asking people to send me music. I've been asking them to email me stories about music stories about how music is because before the main, I was just a music fanatic i just wanted all things new music i wanted to find the new band i wanted to learn all the the lyrics i wanted to learn everything about the band um and then as we started touring and as uh i started i guess growing up i lost time or i lost uh the drive to like seek out new music so yeah even yesterday i i got turned on to this this artist called lp and there was I mean, millions and millions of plays on Spotify and millions of plays on YouTube. And this is an artist I had never heard of. And it's really amazing that that exists, that uh, you can find something that so many people are connecting with and you can have no idea. And then you can be immersed in their world um, just as easy. So I I think it's really, uh, I don't know. I think for maybe maybe for like business people in the music industry it's sort of um uh sort of like hectic and maybe super stressful and yeah. and not to say that, that we're not stressed as a band i feel like the comforts that we enjoy um being stringless uh, it far outweigh the idea of like you know 
I guess being controlled and being told what to do. I mean, uh, like I'm sitting in uh, the tracking room of, or I guess the control room of a studio that we were able to buy last year um, as a band. And it's just pretty credible. Like we're so freaking fortunate that we're in this position. And I think what it really does for us is it drives us to, want to work for and to make sustain as long as it can. You know, I don't think any of us thought that 15 years would surpass and we'd still be doing this. So I think those kind of things and the stories that people tell us and, um, you know, those are the things that sort of like keep that fire lit and want us to work harder so that another 15 years passes by and you look back and you're like, wow, what the hell just happened? You know what I mean? Like, I think that would, that's the world that, uh, that, that we're trying to, t- trying to build. So that's cool. No, I didn't know that you guys had, had purchased a studio. That's super rad. So you guys are essentially recording there. I'm sure your own projects and your own things. And then also when you're not using it, having other artists come in. Well, that would be the, that would be the hopes. Like our, <laughs> we were leasing a place in Mesa, Arizona, and it was kind of crazy because our lease was kind of running out and um, we were all kind of worried about where we'd be kind of thrown. You know, we wanted a place to keep some of our stuff to be able to record um, kind of at at the drop of a dime. So we ended up just kind of coming together all, all five of us and then our manager as well and pooled some money and took out some loans and, we found a new place to, to call our clubhouse. And, and I think that would be, you know, the, the big thing would be, Hey, we can now record our records here. Um, but the really cool, you know, added bonus would be, yo, come out to Arizona, you know, any, any of our friends that we've made, like come out to Arizona for a week, you know, obviously once traveling exists again and, (laughs) you know, that whole thing kind of happens, that would be amazing to kind of share a bit of, um, the Southwest and, and just sort of like really, I don't know. I love Arizona. Like I, I want to like share that with other artists and share kind of the experience because so many of my friends, not even just touring friends, but, um, you know, this, this have this preconceived idea of Arizona being like people on horseback and like, (laughs) and all like rattlesnakes. And, um, yeah. So I love it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love it. But part of it is probably cause I'm from Canada and like right now, actually we have a warm day today. It's, um, it's about uh, seven degrees Celsius here. So all the snow is starting to melt. Um, what is what is that? In that's Fahrenheit? like forty, maybe. Okay, forty-ish. It's uh, it's seventy-five Fahrenheit yeah. here right now. Yeah, like, but per- it, and, and it's it's are getting warm. It's like we 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 coasted for a, a bit, and then four months out of the year is like it's pretty severe. So yeah, well, severe, but severe hot. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's something, but like severe cold here. Oh God. No, I can't do it. No, you couldn't. I mean, it's horrible. You guys have different blood. It's like it, it, for me, I'm like my my wife and I took our dogs up North in Arizona and like, uh, you know, two days of snow is incredible because we, we went to bed, it snowed 11 inches 
we wake up and it's like, Oh, our dogs are having a blast. We're like, this is amazing. You know? And then we drive three hours down South and it's like, Hey, it's 75 and sunny and (laughs) there's no snow on the ground. So like it, 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 it's, it's definitely, I'm like a, I'm a couple day kind of guy for sure. I definitely give you guys respect and, and all the props for being able to brave it like that. No, no. I I mean, we actually was, just had this conversation with somebody about how Arizona would be a great place to, to build a studio too. I mean, you've got a big airport there. It's pretty cheap. You got lots of space. Um, Hey, if you want to go solar, uh, there's lots of sunshine, you know? Absolutely. So, uh, there's, there's tons of upside to, um, to Arizona in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, our drummer, uh, Patrick, uh, Actually, his baby is about to be one on Sunday. Oh so, wow! Yeah, you guys have uh, been. The, go ahead, go ahead. The sorry. roots are st- the roots are starting to get actually like settled down here. So yeah, no. Well, congrats on your marriage too. You got, just got married. What? Oh, months thank ago? you. Yeah, and uh, in uh, October. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Congrats on that, and um, and and yeah, with you guys starting families and everything, that's a that's a beautiful thing. Um, with your with your wedding, did you were you able to actually do anything cool because? You know, that was maybe a window yeah, where some we, things were open and before I think I think a lot of things got shut down around Christmas again at least here, but I don't know what it's like there. Yeah, not the um it wasn't the fairy tale that my wife envisioned, you know. Um <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I think the problem too is like we had to, you know, you 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 put the deposit down for all this stuff and then they were like, "Okay, you got to go all the way next year." Um so we did like what they, what they in the wedding industry are now calling micro weddings. Um, okay. It was okay. like sixteen people uh, just up north in California where she's from. So we still got to experience like the um, ceremonial part of it. Right. Um, and now that things are starting to become, um, you know, more sorted with um, like. I guess the, the place that we were talking about getting married is they're doing weddings and they're trying to figure out, you know, what the best protocol is and how the, how the hell you do it. in in a pandemic, so, you well, know, we're hopeful, but mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. Well, I guess for you being, you know, that you're John from the main and everybody loves you and you're very popular and you have lots of friends. <laughs> uh, now you don't have to break any hearts by not inviting people to the wedding. You know what I mean? Because it's hard. That's it's, true. When you're in a position like we are, you know, lead singers in semi-popular bands, it's like, okay, well, if we get married now. Like, who do we invite? Because we're going to have to snub some people. So if, we well, can, dude, if you whittle it down to 16, the, you're the good. Hardest, the, the, more, the most guff that I got was from the family. Mm. They're like, the, they're the ones that were like, well, why did, why did, you know, your brother get to go? I'm like, cause it's my brother. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that I, you know, I still love you, but he's my brother. I'm like, you know, so now they're definitely, we'll be able to, uh, we'll be able to, to, to sort that and sort everyone's feelings out now. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. All right. Well, speaking of the main, you guys released back in October as well. You released a new single watermelon sugar. I, I mean, typically that means there's more coming. Uh, maybe you just recorded one song. I, I'm just, I'm wondering if you can, you know, talk about the next plans. Obviously you just put out a record a week ago yourself, but you know, people I'm sure are wondering 
you know what the uh, what the process is is looking like for the main right now. Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, so. Watermelon Sugar was just a Harry Styles cover, and it was. Oh, just is that a Harry Styles of, cover? Um, oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. even know that. So it was, <laughs> that's how out of the yeah, loop so I am. <laughs> so it was just a. Um, it was. It felt like a good transition, just to like, hey, everyone, we're still a band, kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. And so, I obviously knew that like this John the Ghost. Um, like record cycle would be very many, um, much like our, mi- so let's call it a micro cycle. If we're going with the micro wedding, kind sure, of vibe. Sure. <laughs> um, we were, you know, I, I knew that it was going to be short lived to, to an extent. Um, so I, I'm not going to give you exact specific dates, but it, it's, we're, we're already sort of like working, um, with the whole records done. The, the, we have to like mix one last song and okay. then send it off. And then it's, oh, okay. uh, it's a hundred percent there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, we produced it ourselves. Um, and, uh, that was the very last thing we recorded in the studio that we, uh, had ended the lease with right before we moved into here. So it's, uh, things will be coming very soon. And, uh, I'm really excited. Just, uh, it's been interesting because we, we've been sitting with these songs for so long. Yeah. Um, and so I've been really reluctant to like listen to it because normally like you, you, I don't know how you feel about listening to stuff straight away after you record it, but you want to kind of get an understanding of where they're living in that sort of time period. And, um, I've been reluctant to put it on play. Obviously I have to listen to the songs for, for mixed purposes. Right. But other than those ones, I'm like still putting it off because I want to be excited again, you know, um, (laughs) and, and remember how I felt in the studio. So, um, uh, it's, I would say, uh, patience is, is obviously a virtue and, and it's, it's very, very close. So, so when you say you produce the record yourself, see, see, there's always a weird thing when you come from like punk rock, like we do, where I don't know how many of those records we listened to or grew up with were really like that produced. Do you know what I mean? Like there yeah, were a lot, yeah, yeah. a lot of it was like, okay, band's got a song and then there's a guy that's like the producer, I guess, but he's just kind of like push and record and like making sure that the takes are good and it sounds like decent and because he's probably mixing it too. So when you say you produced it yourself, what exactly does that mean? Because you've worked with lots of great producers, um, but did you, did you have an engineer at least working on that we side did. of things? Yeah, so our, our good buddy Matt Keller, who actually helped uh, co-produce the John the Ghost stuff, he, he was the guy behind the board, um, so we could kind of be in the room and be recording and, but he was definitely a huge set of ears making sure that, you know, things were sounding up to his par. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we, we have gotten to got to a point where we trust him a great deal. Um, so it was, it was kind of, I mean, we, we like did the pre-production I guess we did pre-production a few, on a few songs with our buddy Colby uh, Wedgworth, who had um, done Pioneer, American Candy, and Love the Lonely. Um, so the initial idea was like, hey, um, 
maybe we just have him record it and produce it. And then yeah. we started thinking about things a little bit more and, and thought like, well, what if we got him to just help with some of the arrangements and then, uh, and then gave it a shot on our own. And, uh, so that's ended up what we, we ended up doing and we did pre-production at my house. Um, and we quarantined there and everybody, you know, lived there for two weeks. And then we rented an Airbnb in, uh, Mesa in Arizona where we quarantined while we were making the record. So it was like, you know, it was the, it was the, the pandemic version of how to record independently. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, it, yeah. Produced is such a, you know, we, tr we tracked everything and thought it sounded good. Now, if, if that <laughs> comes across produced in the end, I'm not sure what the result will sound like, but, um, we're really happy with where things landed. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I, I remember being a kid and like Metallica would release like old demos or something and they would always put not very produced by Metallica <laughs> and, and I'm like 13 or whatever. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I've got a guitar. I'm like, maybe have dreams of being a musician one day. And I'm just thinking, what the fuck does that mean? Right? Like, yeah. what does produced Absolutely. even mean? What does not very produced by the band mean? So I think that I love that. a lot of people are still very confused about what, what a producer really does. Cause there's a lot of different levels of it, you know, in, 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 it can be, it can be everything from pretty much just hitting the record button to doing everything except for singing, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing is like, we've had seven, uh, you know, seven opportunities, I guess maybe we've had one, probably like five different producers, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. or four, four different producers. Uh, we did Matt Squire, Howard Benson, uh, Colby Wedgworth, Brendan Benson, and then repeated a few of those. So four different opportunities and each four of those producers, um, certainly vastly different approaches. Um, we've right. had everything from the Brendan Benson approach, which was sort of a hands off, let's keep things organic. And that's kind of what we'll be endearing about the stuff. Um, Howard Benson, who pretty much didn't talk to the band, like only talked to the singer, which was an uncomfortable experience, oh, weird, like weird okay. uh, but had a great team of engineers that were, were, were working in his studio that I, and for my two cents, probably produced more than he did. Um, Matt Squire, who's very different from Colby Wedgworth. So yeah, to, to add to your point, you know, it's been, I think I think not very produced is probably what we did on this record. <laughs> I highly I highly doubt that. But no, no. Yeah, Howard Benson um and and I I mean he's made some incredible records. I, I mean, I've never sure. met, I've never met him, but I I've heard stories like about him he's he's working on, you know, multiple records at the same time. So yeah. like he'll come in with a band and maybe he'll do pre-production, you know, for a few days or like some some producers will come in just for like a, a an hour or two, then like leave, then come back, and and I heard that he this one band he recorded he like did drums with the band, mm -hmm. and then he left. They recorded I mean, all the guitars. Like what, that's kind of like what he did for us, to be honest. And it was like his big thing 
Um, we were on Warner Brothers for that the second record called Black and White, and uh, R A and R at the time, Craig Aronson, who has since passed, but it was mm. such an an awesome energy, and um, he had us kind of like pegged as like we wanted to, you know, do this Americana thing, um, but a little more poppy, so like a Tom Petty, but a little poppier. And Howard came in and was like, uh, keep the, just keep the drums straight. And so that was like, <laughs> that was like his, his huge words of wisdom for the drum, <laughs> for the drum approach on the record. And then he would dip and then there would be other artists that would like, um, there was this, this, uh, guitar player. Her name was Orianti and she was Michael Jackson's guitar player. And he was working with her at the time. And, it was just, uh, it's, it's all, I, I have no, um, disdain. I have no, like, I have no ill, ill will towards any of the, the people. I, I just know that some of the experience was experiences were far more enjoyable, yeah. um, than right. others for sure. Right. Wow. That's yeah. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. Man. And, and yeah, Matt Squire is, I mean, Matt Squire is known for, I think of Matt Squire, I think of him recording like the chariot and you know, uh, oh, um, shit. Yeah. yeah, like heavy shit. So that's, that's <laughs> yeah. cool too, but he's, but he's, he's incredible. Um, there's a question in the chat here. Actually, I scrolled up and I, I, I wanted to ask it, it's, it's talking about sad summer. Um, Ryan Grace yeah, is yeah. asking about it compared to warp tour. Obviously it's a lot different, but I do want to get your, your take just on, you know, post warp tour touring climate now in the face of covid like what is happening like you guys had really a lot of success with sad summer post warp tour there was other tours that went out that did really really quite badly and sad summer yeah. was killing it and you know you guys were supposed to be on the the installment again back in 2020 and now it looks like it's going to be 2022 or no 2021 still on the books we're not sure yet um, not sure yet, but it doesn't look good, but, uh, yeah. Talk to me about that whole sad summer thing. Cause it, it was really, it was really cool that you guys had so much success with that, you know, and all the, the great lineup, whoever it was state champs and wonder years and Mayday parade. Yeah. So selfishly, the idea kind of came from us in the sense that we wanted to be able to tour, um, well, a, a big like idea of ours had always been like, we, we want to do like a triple co-headline kind of tour. Yeah. And um, so we started with that intention and that idea. And we kind of had to do not a ton of coaxing or, or convincing. We just had to reach out directly to Mayday. And Mayday has been really great friends of ours for a long time. We've toured with them a ton. Um and we got them on board and it was kind of this like, Hey, if we can get state champs on board and if we can get wonder years on board, what do you think? And so when they said like, yes, then it was like, Hey, state champs, like we got made a parade on board. They really want you. And so it was like this was sort of not like a, not a weasel kind of thing. It was just like, Hey, we want to create, I think the, the similarity we wanted to, to kind of create from warp tour. It was like, what if we could make just a single day of a main stage of warp tour? And that was kind of like, can we sort of recreate that environment? Um, 
and bring that to people, but maybe curate the bands a little bit more so that they live in a, a more of a similar world, but there's still something for everybody, you know? So, yeah. so opening acts would be, um, you know, we, we had just eight different bands, but the, there was a commonality, I think that kind of flowed throughout. And when we, um, went out and did it, it was very reminiscent to Warp Tour in that our band was, um, setting up all the decorations and Mayday was out there in the morning, starting to help us like set up. We had like a weird little toy kind of, uh, emo toy booth kind of thing. And it was very like, again, DIY, but that's kind of where Mayday had started. You know, Mayday sold 10,000 records without even being on Warp Tour, just selling to people yeah, online. That's right. Um, we flyered Warp Tour before our band was even, I don't even think we had music out on MySpace yet, you know? So it was like our roots are very much uh, founded in the idea of, of doing things as DIY as possible. Um, and then people came, you know, and it was like, I think people enjoyed the lineup enough. And um, I felt like the days were really cool and we were really, really hyped on the idea that it was um, somewhat of a success and that we were going to build off that energy and build off that momentum and build off the, the, you know, what people enjoyed about it and work on the things people, you know, didn't enjoy or didn't go over so well. And, um, we have a great lineup. We, <laughs> it's going to be dope. Yeah, um, it is. it's going to be cool whenever, it, whenever it happens. And, uh, when it does, hopefully, you know, I, I, my big hope just for touring in general, and I think a lot of people probably have said the same thing is that, um, you know, when things open back up and when we're allowed to enjoy concerts again, I'm beyond excited to see and feel the energy from people in crowds. You know, I think that's going to be probably, I mean, hope I'm hopeful that that's something that our bands, you know, w have never experienced before. And, and hopefully it, it will be sort of that surreal, like, holy crap, what's yeah. going on, you know? Well, how could it not be, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm, sure. I'm, I just turned 40 last weekend, dude. And I'm, I'm like, congratulations. Th thank you. And Happy I'm, birthday. I'm like itching to get back in the pit. You know what I mean? So For if, sure. if yeah. I'm 40 For and I'm sure. feeling that way, how is somebody that's, you know, 23 feeling, right For you know sure. so the so. last time the last time i crowd surfed we were on tour with taking back sunday and i think i was a 26 <laughs> and i i'm 32 now so i was i was being a dumbass and i was crowd surfing but like being crazy got an elbow to the rib and for like, you know, a couple of weeks after that, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. I will do it again and again and again at 32 now, just because. Oh man, that's, that's too good. No, I, I had a, I had a funny flashback of when you're putting together the sad summer lineup of, of when they were putting together the live aid lineup yeah. and it was, and it yeah, was like, yeah. it was like, wait, wait. Like uh, the who's playing? Oh, wait, yeah, Bowie's gonna yeah. be there. Okay, then I'm there. Like, then, and then you like, you know, were they even confirming these people? Just saying they were, and then eventually they were all like, okay, well, I guess, I yeah, guess if yeah. they're doing it, I got to do it. You know, exactly. And it's and the modest, modest version of Live Aid. Very yes, yes, <laughs> quite a, quite a bit um, more modest. Um, I promised, I promised the stain story. 
Yes, yes. Because it's, it's been a while. And uh, it's been a while. this story, this is an old story. Uh, 2003, Silverstein, we were on one of our, our early tours. And I believe we were playing at uh, University of Connecticut, UConn. Okay. So we, we roll into this. It's like a university show. They're always kind of weird, you know, like sure. students can yeah, go yeah. for free, but if you're a regular person, you have to pay 10 bucks or whatever. So the we, lineup's kind of always all over the place. Yeah, we, we were playing. I don't remember who we were playing with, um, but so we, we get in there and it's like, so it's, it's like they have a budget for the show. So no one's really worried about how many people are coming anyway. So yeah. we, we get into the, the backstage and there's this, you know, table just full of shit, like our entire rider you know, every snack and, and whatever, because, you know, for people watching this or listening to this, like you have a rider, usually like you kind of have your full rider and then you have like the rider you sort of need. And then, you know, yeah. the rider you might get. So, so, so we had like everything, which we'd never gotten before. We'd never gotten like a hundred percent of it. So I was like blown away. And the, the guy came in and said, is, did you have everything you need? You know? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, he's like, are you sure? Like, 100% because, you know, we've had some issues before. We just want to make sure that, that we're good. So I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, well, like, what what issues did you have? <laughs> so he's like, well, we had, um, is it Aaron? Is that his name from Stained? I think so, yeah. Um, yeah, Aaron. I forget his last name. So he was there playing a show, I guess, like a couple months before. So he rolls in, you know, half an hour kind of before uh, his set time and he, and he's like, okay. Um, you know, looking around Aaron Lewis, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Chat. And, uh, he can't find, he's asking where his salami is. (laughs) So they're like, oh, um, well it's right here. And he's like, no, 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 that's not the right brand. It has to be this brand of salami or I'm not, or I can't go on stage. So they're like, oh, um, okay, well, we can try to go get it, I guess. So they send the runner out to the store to try to find this one specific brand of salami. I don't know which <laughs> brand of salami it was. And so, like, you know, time's a ticking. He's supposed to be on stage. He's late. Everyone's nervous. The crowd's waiting. So finally, like, I don't know how late he is. Guy comes in with the salami. He's like, I got the salami. Here we go. Aaron Lewis opens the package of salami, rubs it on his hands, no. and says, all right, I'm good. Goes on stage, oh plays the show. Oh, my God. That's, this is the story. <laughs> what kind of power move is that play? Like, or uh, I don't know. Of, I don't even know if it's power. I'm not sure. I'm, you know. Is it that? Like, the only thing I'm thinking of is that it's something to do with like his hands? Like he needs to have his hands greased up to like play guitar. I feel like there's so many better <laughs> methods of getting your hands greasy than rubbing it on some lunch meat. But a specific type. Uh, but also, I'm not. I'm not Aaron Lewis. I didn't write. It's been a while. I you didn't. I bet you wish you did. Uh, there's a similar uh, real quick, and it's not. Yeah. Not that, not as good of a, a finale, but I had a, I have a friend who worked at Gamage Theater in uh, Tempe, so right by the, the Arizona State University, and he was doing a show, he was hospitality for 
I think it was David, David Copperfield, the, the oh, yeah. magician. Yeah. And David Copperfield threw, he said the biggest fit he's ever seen by an adult. Things were flying across the dressing room because his rotisserie chicken was missing. And it was something very similar. The rotisserie was found. It was summoned and brought to David Copperfield. He opened up the container, took a sliver out, ate it, and then went and performed his magic. So there's there might be something to to <laughs> meats and and the the power to go on. I don't I'm not I don't sure. Know. So. I don't know. I don't know. That's <laughs> that's a great story too. <laughs> wow. I like the I like the rubbed his hands and then said all right we're good yeah <laughs> that's that's the story like yeah yeah and uh, i mean it didn't seem like he was all that dramatic about it he just needed the salami but th- that's the thing i need to get him on the show I, someone's got to track down aaron lewis i gotta ask him if this is true um, absolutely you know i think we've been doing this i've been doing this podcast for five years now i think it's time for aaron lewis to, to time. it's time it's time i'm calling him out get on the, the show salami. set the record straight okay <laughs> Um, speaking of, yeah, you, you've got this show on Spotify, Ear Candy. You talked about it. I didn't know about it until you mentioned it, but I see it here. Uh, seven episodes. You're talking about all kinds of music. How does that work? Well, what's the difference between a show and a podcast? Is this not just a podcast? I have no idea. Okay. I, uh, the, the difference is I think I'm able to integrate the actual songs in the podcast, oh, okay. uh, in yeah. the show. So. I've just been, to be honest, I'm like not the, I'm not a tech guy. So, um, my drummer, Pat told me, uh, about this, this, uh, website anchor and it's super easy to like record. And then I can curate a playlist, drag in the songs. So I'm just doing, basically I'm doing some babbling like I would normally do in, in any scenario on stage or at home or whatever, and then I play some music, talk about it. Um, I've been really trying to base it off of music that I was not made aware of until I was told by these people writing into my email. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It is a podcast, but more so for me, it's, it's about this. It's about hanging on to the aux cord and making people listen to nice. whatever I want to play. So nice. The aux cord, the aux cord is going to be a thing. People won't know what you're talking about. in a Oh, no, it's already arcade. It's already I'm gone. Sure people, <laughs> I'm sure. Dude. I remember yeah. we had our van. We had to our aux cord for our like shitty stereo. We had that replaced our van stereo was like in yeah. the back. So we had to like plug it in and then just have a cord dangling that we could plug in. But but I my mean, we, father, my, yep, go ahead. My, my dad still has. A, he's got an older Forerunner, and he still uses a cassette tape. Oh yeah, you put in the cassette, and then out the cord comes, and now yep. now he's got the dongle attached to that. It's <laughs> it's a pretty dad dad rig for sure. No, no, I that's yeah, that's fantastic, man. No, it's uh, yeah, I love, love all that stuff. We had back in the day, we used to have. We used to burn MP3s as files okay. onto CDs and play yeah, them in our van. That was like a thing we were doing because, like, if if you burn it as an MP3, it'll play like the data. It's like okay. before like iPods or or MP3 players existed. That was the uh-huh. thing you used to do. It's yeah, it's crazy, man. 
Now yeah. my new my now my new car doesn't even have a CD CD player. So it's a trip. Or or AM radio. My car doesn't even have AM radio. Really? Which kind of bothers me. Yeah. I got the I mine's a 2014 so i've got i i still have a cd player and i've never used it and i still have am and that i'll I'll use occasionally but now they don't stream the coyotes games anymore on am radio they like pulled the deal so right i can't listen to hockey on the radio anymore bad yeah i forgot you're a hockey you're a diamond back diamondbacks guy coyotes guy i forgot about that i think last time we talked i'm jumping i'm jumping on the, the sun's bandwagon yeah, for sure. Devin Booker, hell Sons of a player. Fire. Look at that guy. Yeah, I love that guy. Well, dude. Um. Well, what else to tell the people? Uh, before I let you go, thanks so much again for joining me on here. Um, on Twitch, you signed up for Twitch yet? You got an account? You streaming? Um, I don't have an account, but I have. I when I'm really into Call of Duty, I was watching people play. Um, yeah. yeah. But I then retire my <laughs> wife was giving me too much crap and i was like uh, maybe i can get some money for this at gamestop and they ended up giving me 80 bucks so oh i hung okay. the hat and but i i need to sign up for sure nice dude cool cool well, what else to tell the people before i let you go oh man uh not a ton listen to john the ghost listen to main if you want if you don't that's cool um Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Thanks again for having me, man. It's it's good to talk to you again. It's it is. It's great to catch up with you, man. And um, yeah, all the best. And and yeah, I love the new record seriously. And and yeah, I do encourage everybody to to check out John the Ghost and the record. What is it? It's not you only live once. God, I hate that. I only want to live, live once. That's it. Yeah, yeah. There it is. It's great. All right, man. Well, I'll thank let you, you go. Very much, dude. John, thanks Take so much. Care. Yeah, all the best. Same to you. So there it is with John O'Callaghan of the main of John the Ghost. The new John the Ghost album is out now, not to be missed. It's good stuff. It's been a while. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Aaron Lewis story. I have no reason to think it isn't true. There's only one way to find out. We got to get him on the show. I think it's time. Speaking of Guests up and coming. Don't forget, this Tuesday, April 6th, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, twitch.tv slash Shaintold, Jacoby Shaddix of Papa Roach will be on the program. I am super duper excited, and I would love to have y'all out in droves for that one on Twitch, okay? So come, come hang. Come join us, please. It's going to be really good. Shout out to all my sinners worldwide. Thanks again for all the support. You can find more information at leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Don't miss tomorrow with me and Mike. New noise every Friday. And I got to leave you the tune, right? That's what we do. And I know which one I'm going to pick. This, uh, this song kind of spoke to me. I don't know what it is. I love this song. It's uh, kind of in the middle of his record. Okay, it's track four. It is called Drive. Here it is from John the Ghost on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) Do you want to go for a drive? I've got the car parked outside now. You can play DJ. 
Try. 